guys, Paul here from LashCast. Welcome to our show. We're going to do things a little bit differently. We're not going to open the way we usually do. And that's because today's episode is going to be a webinar that we did just a week ago with Joey Coleman. It's basically an episode where we talk about how you can get your customers back during this COVID-19 season. So it's a little bit different. It's really a webinar that we're changing over into a podcast. So the people who got to see it was great. But now we want to share with everyone else out there, the thousands of you out there who listen. And hopefully you will get as much from it as we did last week. Um, but before we do that, let's just talk about a couple things that are coming up. On October 19th, we're going to be at the Skin Games. It's a virtual conference that we're going to be speaking at. We have two courses we're teaching. First one is Turn Your Clients into Fans. I'm teaching that. The second one is Demystifying Lash Adhesive, the real facts about what you can and cannot do. So basically, we're taking our glue course that we did a couple of months ago, and we're just boiling it down a little bit tighter, a little bit shorter, and my other class about how to get your clients and make them your fans. So we're taking both those webinars, boiling them down to a little more like an hour, hour and a half. And basically, it's only $25, guys. You're getting the best for only $25 each class. And then you do have to sign up though for the skin games. But that's super affordable too. Only $69 to get to the skin game. So go to www.skingames.com. Get your ticket there. Then go to our page, which is a link in the, our bio from Instagram, and you buy that $25 ticket. I also think they're going to have a link from their page over to our place. But that all said, for less than $150, bucks, you get two of our classes plus the skin games, which is this virtual reality world where you literally create an avatar and you walk around, you can meet people. There's an area where you, you can go see vendors and all this stuff. It's going to be really, really unique, very distinct, and very so go sign up for that. Then, of course, we have our conference, the virtual last conference on November 15th and 16th. This is going to be the best investment we believe you can make in your business all year. Our mission is to make every last artist profitable and professional. Every speaker has been given the task to make sure that you walk away at least three action items from every class you take. So really, over the whole two days, you can walk away with a lot of great stuff that you can use to improve your business. Now, go to our website, the last or www.thelashconference.com or go to our Instagram and click on the link in the bio and you can see the schedule, topics, speakers, and everything. And by the way, this is going to be a truly interactive experience. We have live Q&As planned, a virtual sponsored booths. We also have a virtual viewing TikTok party where we're going to get to hang out on Sunday night and have a lot of fun together. We also have chances where you can meet each other. You can post stuff on the Instagram wall that's kind of like your in-house Instagram. It's going to be really quite different than anything else. It's not just a webinar, guys. This is a place where you meet and connect with our last style. So don't miss out. Now, I need to let you know that our standard and our VIP tickets, we have to stop selling those on October 14th. That's next Wednesday at midnight. So you do not want to wait and delay on that. Now, we will still keep selling our economy ticket right up to the basically the, when the con starts. So if you want, though, to get a swag bag and a T-shirt, you need to buy that by October 14th at midnight. And we also, by the way, still have the payment plan, only 50% down now, guys. So you only need to pay half of it and another half you'll pay in October. So super affordable, and you want to get on that today. Now, let's get into Joey real quick. Joey, we met back at Serious Business, and, and that's in New Orleans every year in January. Well, this year we don't know when that's going to happen yet because of COVID, but normally in January this is when it happens. He had the best presentation. We love Joey. He was amazing. He was funny. He was interesting. He had great content. He's the best-selling author of the book Never Lose a Customer Again, as well as the award-winning speaker. And we're really excited because he came and he was on our basically our webinar and now our podcast, and he's going to be coming back and speaking at our conference in November. So you're going to get a little preview of what you'll get then. I promise you he is definitely worth the price of admission just 
for this alone. He's been amazing. And by the way, let me give a couple of things about this recording because I've made two mistakes in this. So I want to give a heads up. First off, there's some music in the beginning. Don't worry. The music was really low and it will go away. Uh, hopefully your editor maybe got it out. But that said, you may hear some music in the beginning, but it will fade out and will not be distracting through the whole thing. Secondly, Joey at the end asks me if or anyone had got a thank you card in the last year. And I said no. And I felt bad because after I said that right away, I went, no, no, no. There's a few people who did send me thank you cards. So if any of our listeners who sent us thank you cards say, wait a minute, you jerk. You, I sent you one. I acknowledge that. So I didn't get a chance to correct that on the webinar, but I'm going to correct it here on the podcast. Okay, that's all I have for you now. Let's get into the show. Joey Coleman helps companies keep their customers. An award-winning speaker, he shares his first 100 days methodology for improving customer experience retention with organizations around the world. For instance, like Whirlpool, Volkswagen, Zappos, a few companies you probably have heard. His Wall Street Journal number two best-selling book, Never Lose a Customer Again, shows how to turn any sale into a lifelong customer. And Joey, we're so excited to have you join us today, be part of our event, and uh, bless us with your knowledge to help our team here or learn how to get their people back into the salons. That is one of the biggest things we're going on right now is people aren't really returning the way we had hoped. And we're really excited to have you take it over here and share your wisdom. And oh, by the way, I forgot to show this, but here's the book. You have to go buy this book. Never lose a customer again. It's where I can make it disappear and reappear. It's kind of like magic. Uh, I'm really, really cool. But anyhow, you guys want to get this book. It's um, just on Amazon or maybe you can hit up Joey for a free one or something like that. But that said, it's a great book. It's the best customer service book I've ever read. And so I really think you guys should go get it. It will help you with your game and make you a better uh, service provider and help you keep the customers, which by the way, it's better to keep them than have to keep getting new ones over and over and over, which is one of the pain points I think we have in our industry too. So, all right, Joey, thank you so much. I will now head off here and leave you guys with the rest of the show. <laughs> oh, Paul, thanks so much for the kind introduction. Thanks to everybody who's joining us virtually from around the country and around the world. Super excited to be here. You know, Paul and I have been talking about all of you for months, months and months and months. The reality is we talked about having me come to LashCon, which I'm super excited about coming to. And leading up to that, Paul reached out and he said, Joey, we got to address something that's happened. We got to address the elephant in the room. We got to address COVID-19. What can you do to help us? So I'm so excited that you all would join us for the webinar. Those of you that are joining us live, thank you. Those of you who are watching us on replay, thanks for watching on replay. Today, we're going to talk about the reality of our situation and what we can do to make it better. So with your permission, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to share some slides here so that we can walk through a conversation. And you should all be able to see these Paul, jump in and please tell me if for some reason you can't, but hopefully everybody can see me now. And what we're going to do is talk about how do we bring them back? See, here's the reality. A significant percentage of you had a great practice. You were fantastic artists. You were serving wonderful clientele who loved your work. Some of you were just getting started. You were building your clientele. And then all of a sudden, something came along. The elephant in the room, yes, indeed, that is COVID-19 and it changed the plans. It changed your vision for 2020. And so what I wanna to do today is talk about not only the landscape as we currently see it, but what we can do to make the landscape better, 
to make the world that you are operating in, whether that be remote going to visit your clients in their home, whether that be having them come to your studio and work with you or the salon where you're based out of or your home, wherever it may be, what can we do to get things back on track? How can we bring those clients back? But before we do that, we have to address the reality of the situation we find ourselves in, the new reality, which as we'll talk about throughout the conversation today, regrettably is not going away anytime soon. See, here's the deal. Our streets are empty. Our subways are empty. People are staying home instead of going out in the world. You know, this is a major intersection in China that normally is bumper to bumper. This isn't just happening in the United States. This is globally. The reality is the landscape has changed and it has changed dramatically. If you are open and kudos to you, if you're one of those places, not in California, that is still open as far as being able to serve your clients in a lash artist capacity, good on you. But here's the reality. A lot of you have local ordinances or state rules that are requiring people to wear a mask. And for most Americans, and I'm speaking specifically to the folks in North America who are watching this, this is foreign. This is unfamiliar. This is awkward. Now, some people are more comfortable wearing masks than others. Some see it as a sign of their patriotic duty to wear a mask. Some see it as a sign of their patriotic duty not to wear a mask. But the reality is the landscape has changed. The scenario is different. On top of that, unemployment is at an all-time high in the United States. And what's fascinating is if we roll the clock back to April, unemployment was skyrocketing, right? It was a tremendous problem. We were seeing week after week, we were breaking the records for the number of people unemployed till we reached a point where depending on whose math you looked at, we were north of 30 million people unemployed. And slowly but surely, things have been getting better, but it's more slowly than surely, okay? These are new unemployment claims filed in the last week, broken down by state. So if you kind of look at this, it kind of looks like the United States, right? What's important for you to recognize is all the places that show red. And what the red means is more people filed for unemployment last week than the week before. Now, if you look at these individual states and you look at your individual state, you'll see that the number of people filing for unemployment has dropped pretty dramatically from what it was in March. Okay, The first number you see on the left in each of those states or the little pinpoint is where it was in March, where it was peaking, March and April, the top unemployment times. Here's the crazy thing. Those new unemployment claims have fallen dramatically, but all of those people haven't gotten jobs. And these are your clients. I don't need to tell you this. This is the reality. And this cuts across all demographics. In the beginning, it was the people who were losing the service jobs, the folks who worked in restaurants when restaurants closed, the folks that worked in businesses where there was a high level of personal interaction. But what's happened over the course of the last six months is we've seen the same people who were out of jobs in March are still out of jobs in September, leading into October. And not only that, but we see people who had jobs then are losing jobs now. And where are we at and what is the challenge and what are we dealing with in terms of the reality of this situation? The reason I point out the states in red is because we thought this was getting better until the last few weeks. 
And what we actually see now is the numbers are once again growing. They're getting worse. They're certainly not what they were, okay? And we don't have to worry about that, but they are still incredibly problematic and incredibly causing issues. So what can we do to address this? Well, as if that wasn't bad enough, fear is basically plaguing our society at this point, okay? We've got a huge amount of fear. We've got huge problems that folks are dealing with. We've got protests around the country. We've got people protesting and dealing with that. We've got fires. We've got fires that were started by humans. We've got fires that were started by nature. My goal is not to create a scenario here where you're doubting your very existence, but the reality is we've got storms, hurricanes coming through Iowa where I live, a hurricane on land. I mean, the reality is one thing we know is certain, and that is uncertainty lies ahead. So with all of this, now that you're thinking, why did I log in to watch this webinar? I was feeling good. It was the start of a week. I was feeling pumped. And Joey, what have you done to me, brother? What have you done to make me feel so bad about the reality that is life right now at the end of September of 2020? Here's the thing. My job always with all of my clients. And I have the opportunity pre-COVID-19 to travel the world speaking to audiences. I have the opportunity now to deliver messages virtually. Here's my promise to you. My promise is I'm never going to make it worse than it actually is, but I'm always going to acknowledge the situation we're in. And the situation we're in right now is that uncertainty is plaguing every human on the planet. We don't know what's coming next, but we believe that it's going to be more uncertainty. And I don't know about you, but I think we've reached a place where it's almost too much to bear. For a lot of us, it's already reached that place. For some of us that have been hanging in there, we're just around the corner wondering, when is this going to end? When is it going to get better? When am I going to have a modicum, a small morsel of certainty, something that I can believe in, something that I can count on to be true? Well, friends, that's what I'm going to hopefully deliver for you tonight and provide for you now. So the question becomes, where do we go from here? If this is indeed the landscape, and you notice I didn't even mention politics. Friends, we've got a huge uncertainty is what's going to happen 40 days from now when we have an election. And you know, a couple months after that, when we have an inauguration, we're not even sure what's going to happen there. But there are some things that we are sure of. And what I am sure of tonight, as I stand in front of you, is that the things that you do to focus on creating remarkable experiences for your clients during the pandemic will guarantee that you will have clients after the pandemic. The same things that have always worked are still working. There are, in fact, some new things that are working even better. We're going to give you some case studies. We're going to give you some examples. My goal is to have your mind firing off like fireworks at the end of our time together with new things that you can implement in your business tomorrow that aren't going to require thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of monetary investment, that aren't going to require you to go above and beyond and hire new people and hire consultants and figure all this stuff out. No, I'm going to suggest that we get back to basics. We get back to the basics of being human and connecting with people at a human level, because that is what is needed in our society here in the United States and globally more today than at any point in human history. At the risk of providing a little too much thinking at the beginning of a webinar, I want to talk a little bit about this guy, 
Abraham Maslow. Now, what's interesting is you may have heard of Maslow before, and you probably heard about him in this context. We have something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And for those of you who didn't study Maslow in school, whether that's in psychology class or in some science class, let me give you the 30-second version of what Maslow said. Maslow said that human beings are striving to climb the pyramid to self-actualization. We are striving to reach at this point where we desire to become the most that we can be. But in order to get there, we've got to build up from the bottom. We have to start at the bottom. We have to add these layers, much like a pyramid, so that we can reach the pinnacle of the human existence, which is something he called self-actualization. How do we do that? Well, first, we need to make sure our physiological needs are taken care of. We have to have air. We have to have water. We have to have food. We have to have shelter. We have to have sleep. We have to have clothing. And we have to have the ability to reproduce the basic core things that we desire as human beings. Basically, entities, living entities that have come out of the swamps, that have come out of the jungle, that have evolved to be humans. This is the base foundation we need. Once we have all of those things, we shift to needing our safety to be taken care of, our personal security, a sense of employment, resources around us to provide for ourselves and our family, our physical health, and property, the idea that we might over time gather things that would make our life easier. Once we had our physiological needs taken care of and our safety needs taken care of, we could move to the next level, seeking love and belonging. What comes from friendship? What comes from intimacy, right? That connection that we feel with other humans, family, a sense of belonging. And then, and only if we've accomplished that, do we get the chance to move to the next level, esteem, where we feel respect, where we feel self-esteem, where we feel status in society, where we feel that we're recognized, we feel strong, we feel free. And then, and only then, Do we reach the pinnacle of the pyramid, self-actualization, that desire that we can strive beyond to be everything that we hope and dream that we could be? Now, here's the crazy thing. If we were to roll back the clock to February, February of 2020, my gut instinct is all of the dark red maroon at the bottom was taken care of in your life. All of the orange was taken care of in your life. All of the orange that leads to yellow was taken care of in your life. You were probably fairly deep into the green, if not pushing from the green into the blue of self-actualization. And then COVID came along. And here's what happened. All of these things that we were striving for started to fall apart. We began to doubt the air that we breathe. We began to have a scenario when our food came into our house, we wiped it down with Clorox bleach because we didn't feel that we wanted the virus to come into our house. We found ourselves struggling with sleep. We weren't interested in reproduction, right? We had personal security, felt like it was gone. We only felt safe in the confines of our own home. Unemployment started to be a huge issue, right? The employment that we had gotten our identity from, that started to be questioned. We began to worry about our health, any feelings of intimacy went away, any sense of connection we had with our fellow humans went away as we pulled into the cocoon of our homes, in the process losing status, in the process losing our ability to have external recognition, in the process losing our feelings of freedom. And as if that weren't bad enough, we began to doubt that we might not become the best version of ourselves. 
we might not achieve the goals we had for ourselves, not only in 2020, but maybe for our entire life and our career. You know, you had a vision of maybe having multiple seats and having a whole team of lash artists and everybody work with you or being able to have the identity and the freedom that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and grow your own business. And suddenly, every piece of that puzzle was called into question. And it happened that fast. In a matter of 30 days, things that we had spent decades building up beneath us as individuals and as a society seemed to vanish. Now, here's the thing. Since April, a lot of you, you're hustlers. You've built it back. You've kind of gathered the pieces. You've started to establish more stability. We've learned more about COVID. So we've gotten more consciousness about the science behind what we're dealing with. Governments that originally reacted from a place have shut it all down are saying, well, you know what? You can have it open, but you can have it open if you follow these certain rules. So slowly but surely, we've expanded the bubble and expanded the opportunity to feel that we have more freedom, to feel that we have more status, to feel that we have more recognition. And some of you are starting to think blue again, to think that idea of self-actualization, to think, who might I become in 2021? Let's take 2020 and kind of take it as a learning year or a rebuilding year, as they say in sports. How can my dreams push towards 2021 and beyond? But the reality is some of you still feel like you're establishing those base foundational pieces there is good news. And the good news is you are not alone. Our entire society, nay, our entire planet is in the same scenario, in the same situation as you. We might not talk about it on Facebook. We might not talk about it amongst our friends. We might not be able to sit in a bar and commiserate with our colleagues. But the reality is we're all dealing with the same thing for the first time in human history. The reason I say that is people say, well, Joey, there's been pandemics before. People have had you know, these types of illnesses, think back to 1918. Well, first of all, the majority of the people on this webinar, if not all of you, weren't even alive during 1918. You might not even know anyone who was alive during 1918. And if you do know someone who was alive during 1918, they were probably an infant and they don't remember what it was like. But here's the reality. Even then with that pandemic, it wasn't as global as we think and we're dealing with now. Now, what I mean by that is not that it didn't affect the whole globe, but here's the thing. If somebody dies from COVID in North Carolina and you live in California, you might see it on the news. If somebody is hospitalized because of COVID in Los Angeles and you live in New York City, you might see it on the news. You might read it on the internet. You might hear about it on Facebook. You might see a tweet about it. We are connected in a way that we've never been connected before as human beings. Not to mention that our supply chain and how all these pieces of the puzzle come together are also intrinsically connected in a way that they've never been connected before as humans. And so the ripple effect is impacting all of us. So what are we supposed to do? Well, I think we have a choice. We can adapt or we can become extinct. We adapt or we go extinct. How are you going to go? Are you going to adapt? Now, here's the thing. If you're on this webinar, it tells me two things. Number one, you're committed to adapting. Otherwise, you wouldn't have come and joined us. Number two, you've already made some adaptations because you're still upright. You're still standing. You're still here. You're still interested in figuring out how to help your lash business weather the storm that is the reality of a pandemic. So let's dive into how we can do that. Let's figure out the ways that we can make this situation better. And by the way, as we get into these, as you have questions, be putting those into the chat. 
be dropping them into the chat because when we get done going through some of these examples, I'm going to pull off the screen from presenter mode like this, and we're going to have a conversation where I can answer all the questions specifically as it applies to your business. So as they cut it, come into you, as you have the idea of something you'd like to ask, don't hesitate to drop it in. And at the end, when we get to the q and I'm going to run through them wildfire style and we'll get through all of them. All right, so let's talk about what's working now. What are the things that are working today to bring people back to your business? Not things that worked six months ago or two years ago, no. What is working in the middle of 2020 from April 1st to October 1st? What are the best examples of companies that have been able to move the dial and grow their market share in this scenario? Who are the entrepreneurs that have been able to adapt and change and make this scenario better so that they're going to end 2020 better off than they started 2020, which I know seems almost impossible, but I've sought out the best examples. And I've looked at all the examples I have, and there's dozens, and I've honed them down to a couple key ones that I think are applicable to you all, given the nature of your lash businesses, the type of clientele you serve, and the type of structures that you have to your operations. See, I believe there are eight phases to the customer journey. Okay, the, each of these eight phases navigates somebody through their relationship with you. In the assess phase, when they're trying to figure out whether or not they even want to do business with you. The admit phase, where they admit that they have a problem or a need that they believe you can help them with. And they sign on the dotted line and they say, hey, do my lashes, make me look beautiful. And then they go into the affirm stage before they've actually shown up for the appointment or met you for the appointment where they begin to doubt the decision they just made to book an appointment. Then the activate phase, where you actually meet them and start to do the work on them for the first time. This is a new client having their first experience with you. And then the acclimate phase where they come back for another visit again and again, and they start to become a repeat and regular customer so that hopefully we reach the accomplish phase where the client accomplishes the goal they have when they originally decided to do business with you right? Whether that could be a beauty look, a look as it relates to how they feel about themselves, a look as to how they see themselves in photos, it doesn't matter. The reality is, are we tracking what they're trying to accomplish? Are we making sure we're progressing towards that? If we achieve all those goals, we get the chance to move to the next phase, the adopt phase, where these clients become loyal to us and only us. And if, and only if we've gotten them through all seven phases, do we get to the eighth phase, the advocate phase, the holy grail, where they become our raving fan singing our praises far and wide. These are the eight phases. And if we do it right, we have the chance to rinse and repeat and do it again and again. What are we doing to identify where our clients are in each of these phases and move them from one phase to the next? The way we do this is six tools, in-person interactions, emails, physical mail, phone calls, videos, and presence. I'm going to give you examples of how we can use these, and we can talk more in the Q&A about specifically how to apply these to your individual business, okay? That in-person interaction, which I know for a lot of you was really limited in the beginning, but now you're back in business. You can have those in-person interactions with them once again. What are you doing to capitalize on the fact that you're actually in front of your client maybe for the first time in months. What are you doing to capitalize on that client that hasn't seen you in months when they do come back and have their first appointment in the pandemic or since they last saw you? What are you doing to make the most of that interaction? How about the emails you're sending? Now, let's be candid. Some of you are more savvy when it comes to your email marketing than others and your email communications with your clients than others. That's okay. There's always room to improve. 
but are you sending the kind of emails that get opened and acted on? What about physical mail? Have you considered actually sending something in the post? In a world where everybody's at home, I don't know about you, but it's kind of exciting when the mailman shows up with the delivery or the mail person, and we're feeling excited that we might have mail, especially now that we don't feel we got to disinfect the mail with Clorox bleach wipes. But now we might get something in the mail. How are you using that to stand out with your clients? What about phone calls? Actually reaching out. You know, there's a brand new app, kids. It's in the app store. It's called the phone app. And it allows you to actually talk to the human on the other end of the line, not to mention texting. How are you incorporating that to create connection with your clients? Next, video. What are you using to create videos that allow your client to see you even though they can't be in the room with you? How are we creating connection with video? And last but not least, gifts and presents. Unexpected little special things. And by the way, I don't need a 20% off coupon for their next session with you. I mean something that shows you were listening, you were paying attention, and you decided to be thoughtful and send them something special. Let's talk about a couple of companies that are doing remarkable things and have done remarkable things since the pandemic hit to build connection with their customers. There's a company called The Candle Lab. It's nationwide. And what the Candle Lab does is they bring people into their retail storefront and they mix, using a number of different scents, candles, okay? And then when somebody burns those candles, they can have a custom mix. Now, what's interesting is they used to have date nights. They'd have parties. They'd have special gatherings. It was a whole social endeavor. And then a pandemic came along that said, you can't have people sitting this close to each other. Or if they are sitting this close to each other, they got to wear a mask. Oh, and by the way, did I mention they're making candles that you smell? So the whole mask thing kind of doesn't work, at least with the experience they had previously given their clients. So what are they meant to do? Well, Candle Lab decided to do something interesting. They sent an email. And their email newsletter that went out to their clients every week, like clockwork, talking about the new specials on candles, the new scents they had, the new ability they had to make lotions and things that you could customize the scent for your entire life. Normally, their email messages were all about how you could do more business with them. But on March 19th, they sent a different email. And I'm going to read the email to you because if there has ever been example, an example of empathetic communication with customers, it is this message from the Candle Lab. Dear family and friends of the Candle Lab, we hope this email finds you and your family well and adapting to these extraordinary times. This email isn't going to describe how difficult our decision was to close, nor will it be a description of the way we've cleaned our countertops for the past couple of weeks. There are no gift card sales or requests for you to help us in any way. The only purpose for this email is to check in with you to see how you and your family are doing and to see if there's anything we can do to help. It's been a remarkable 13 years of unwavering support from our customers. So you've earned a break from our normal marketing pitch. If there is something we can do to help you and your loved ones settle in, to ride this out, please hit reply and let us know what that looks like. It's hard to know how long this will last or what it looks like when it's over, but we are humbled by the way our communities have come together already and we know we're ready for whatever challenges lie ahead. Please take some time to rest, recharge, and check in on those who might be struggling. We'll continue to find ways to help and get ready to reopen soon. Hang in there, Steve and Katisha Weaver and the entire Candle Lab family. I don't know about you, but I received a lot of emails in March, and I've received a lot of emails since then 
from brands telling me, hey, we're doing more cleaning. Hey, we've got our gold standard taking care of you. Hey, here's some discount to come back and work with us. This is the only email that I've received that said, what can I do to help you? Hit reply and tell me and I'll do my best. The folks at Candlelab started delivering little miracles for their clients. Clients would say, hey, I'm having a hard time. I lost my job. They said, here you go. We've got you connected to some folks. We can make sure some food's dropped off in your house so you're taken care of. They had some people respond back and they said, you know, I'm a senior citizen. I love coming in, but because I've got a pre-existing condition, I don't know that I can go out and pick up my prescriptions. They said, guess what? We got people locally in the community. We can help you with picking up your prescriptions and make sure we do it in a safe way. But here's the other thing that happened. People went on the Candle Lab website and purchased candles. Now, nowhere in that email did they say purchase candles, but people felt so taken care of, so appreciated, so human that they decided to exercise with their dollars and show the Candle Lab how much they appreciated this. And they've continued to buy candles and products from the Candle Lab to the point where 2020 is on track to be financially the best year the Candle Lab has ever had, even though their stores have been shut down since March. Now, why is that? Well, because number one, they led with empathy and then moved to solutions. Here's the thing. We have a policy in our house, my wife and I do, when she wants to share something or what I want to share with you. I ask her, honey, let me ask a quick question. Are you looking for empathy or solutions? And she tells me which one she wants. And then I deliver that one. And frankly, usually it's empathy when someone's first telling you about their problems. They don't want solutions. They just want to be heard. Friends, your clients are the same way. Your clients who are unemployed, the clients who are stuck at home, the clients who are scared to come and invest in you and having you take care of their lashes, or they're scared to have you come to their home, or they're scared about spending money on something that, let's be frank, to them might at this point in the game seem gratuitous or self-indulgent. What they're looking for is empathy. They're not as interested in what you've done to clean the salon or what you've done to make sure you're taking care of their health, although that's important. First, we have to lay the foundation of empathy. Here's that email. Now, when we look at that email, what's interesting, and we apply it back to Maslow's chart, oh my, they're addressing everything. They encourage people to get some sleep. They point them in the direction of some other resources. They use lots of language about friendship and family and a sense of connection. They're giving their customers a feeling of status and recognition. They're allowing people to become the most that they can be. They're saying, we're all in this together. Let's do better. They're actually countering all the things that the world is telling them are falling apart in a single email newsletter. Interesting. We've got some possibilities. There's another organization I'd like to tell you about called Brasa. Brasa is a concept in Toronto. Let me explain a little bit. This guy's name is Michelle Falcone. And in Q4 of last year, Michelle raised $350,000 for a QSR. That's a quick service restaurant. He was going to build a restaurant in Toronto. He's a very successful restaurateur. And he was going to basically create a fast, casual takeout restaurant for Peruvian food. He went on a trip to Peru to meet the farmers that he was going to source his materials from and his food and his recipes from. And he went in February and he got stuck. They wouldn't let him back into Canada, even though he's a Canadian citizen, because they shut down the borders. They shut down the borders in Peru and in Canada. So now here's a guy that's raised all this money to start a restaurant in a pandemic 
where they're shutting down all the restaurants. Oh, and by the way, he's not even in his home country. He's stuck in the place where he's supposed to be connecting with farmers to get sourcing for the foods that he wants to serve in his restaurant. So what did Michelle do? Well, Michelle said, let's do something different. I'm going to start a direct-to-consumer company combined with a consumer packaged good company. It's a fancy way of saying I'm going to do something different than I was planning on doing. I'm going to adapt to the scenario I'm in. And he decided to start a mail program where customers would buy this, his brasa red chili pepper and yellow chili pepper sauces. Oh, and it also came in this beautiful box with a bunch of recipe cards to unlock the flavors of Peru. Now, what's interesting about this is this is a guy who was going to have a restaurant and now he's bringing the restaurant to your house. Oh, and by the way, it's not just a delivery service where he's going to make the food and bring it to you. No, he's going to teach you to make the Peruvian dishes that he was going to serve in his restaurant. Now, this may seem crazy. This may seem not the norm, but this is what entrepreneurs do. They pivot, they change, they adapt. Michelle was no shirking Violet in the face of a crazy pandemic situation. Over 1,000 people ordered his $80 Peruvian chili paste boxes to start things up. Over 1,000 people right out of the blocks at $80 a piece. For those of you doing the math at home, we're quickly back about a quarter of the way towards our total investment for the restaurant on the first order, at least in terms of revenue. Interesting. What can we do when we're willing to adapt? What can we do when we change the delivery mechanism that we thought about? Now, what's interesting about Michelle is if we go back to this Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he's checking all the boxes too. Go down to the bottom on physiological. He's actually providing the food. Jump up to safety needs. He's giving them the resources, the recipes so they can eat healthy and feel good about the scenario. He's also giving them a feeling of love and belonging by creating friendship and family and a sense of connection so you can learn about Peru and connect with other people online that are making Peruvian restaurants while giving his clients and his customers a feeling of status and recognition and freedom to make the meals that taste like they might taste in a restaurant. So once again, they can become the most that they can be. Again, friends, I'm not asking you to check every box on Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid. What I am asking you to do is to consider the ways that you can deliver on things which have become lacking for your clients and customers in the last few months. What can we do in person? Well, here's the good news. Michelle just signed the lease on his restaurant location. And what's crazy is because of everything that's happened, signing the lease now in August meant he got much better rates than had he signed the lease for his space in February. Now, some could look at that and say, well, Joey, but look at all the trouble and tribulations he went through. I get it. And he has, and he survived and he fought through it. But in terms of a long-term business solution, he's going to have better expenses in terms of his retail space for his restaurant. Oh, and by the way, do you think the over 1,000 people that signed up to sample the flavors before they come to the restaurant are going to be interested to come to the restaurant once it's open and running again? You bet they are. 
That's how a guy named Michel Falcone, who is known in the Toronto restaurant industry for having created the hottest restaurant in Toronto in 2018, in the first year it was open, took it to $10 million in revenue in year one for a restaurant with a single location, not a chain, a single location. I'm betting on Michel. So what can you do? You might be sitting there saying, Joey, you don't understand. I'm a lash professional. I'm a lash artist, right? I'm not somebody who has a restaurant. I'm not somebody selling candles. I'm not sure how we deliver it to their house. What are we doing? I'm not going to package and mail them the lashes and have them do them themselves or take care of their eyelashes themselves. What can you do? Well, we can acknowledge that pre-pandemic, one of the things that you provided was a feeling of love and belonging, friendship family, a sense of connection, a sense of intimacy. You're working on people's faces. You're right up there dealing with how they see themselves. Here's the interesting thing that you might not have thought about before, but I thought a lot about in leading up to our conversation today. When someone looks in the mirror, the first thing they actually see is their eyes. And your work with their lashes is right there. It's right next to the focal point where they're looking. Now, granted, they may look around at other things, but they say the eyes are the windows to the soul. And in many ways, the lashes are the drapes to those windows. They're right there. That's what you used to provide. What do you have to provide now? Well, I would posit we need to make sure that we are providing these basic things. We need to make sure that the place that we're working on with them, they feel a safety around air. They feel their personal security. They feel that their health is a priority to you. So what can we do to say that we're taking care of these things and we're providing for these things so that we can get back to the things that were more basic but now have become more removed because that bottom of the pyramid has been called into question. Friends, a pandemic isn't time for policy, okay? Policies aren't built for pandemics. It's time to think more creatively. If in the past you had a policy about cancellation, you got to go back and reevaluate it. If in the past you had a policy about payment, you got to go back and reevaluate it. You got to look at all the ways you used to do business and say, which of these still make sense today? Now, some of them might still make sense, but I'd be willing to bet that a lot of them were built for a pre-COVID time that you could adjust to the current COVID time that will be more customer-centric, that will be more focused on the experience your customers have and working to make that experience as remarkable as possible. We also need to focus on using concrete language. There's some amazing research coming out of Canada right now that deals with the desire for concrete language in uncertain times. What I mean by concrete language is specific language. And as we have more uncertainty in our lives, we look for more certainty in our words. What do I mean by that? Well, let's take a delivery from an online shopping experience. Online shopping has exploded in the pandemic. So many more people are ordering things for delivery to home. There's a big difference between saying your package will be there sometime next week and saying your package will arrive via UPS on Wednesday morning before noon. Now, it may seem like a little thing, but in terms of the experience that your customers have when you use concrete language, it is a huge difference. So how does that apply in your scenario? I'm going to be coming to your house to work on your lashes, 
I will be there at 10 a.m. next Thursday. Not that's what the appointment is, but then you show up early and you're certain. Now, in many ways, this is standard business practice, things that you should have been doing all along. But in this era, it's more important than ever. The more specific we can be, the more certainty we can provide in our communications, the more we can combat the uncertainty that our clients and customers are feeling. When is this all going to be over? How long do we have to do this? Well, this is some really interesting research out of McKinsey and Company that just came out this month. They looked at all the scientific research. They looked at all of the conversations with doctors, Fortune 100 CEOs, and they said, when do you think the COVID-19 pandemic will be done in the U.S. And they defined done, the functional end in this scenario, as meaning there is herd immunity, where people can go out without worrying about COVID-19. I hate to break it to you. All the experts, when you combine everything they've said, the bulk of them believe it is going to be Q3 or Q4 of next year. Now, I don't say that to make you feel bad about the situation where we stand in Q3 leaning into Q4 in 2020. What I share this for is to illustrate that we're not done. And in fact, we're probably a year away from being done. So it's not going to be enough to just hold out one more month for a vaccine or to hold out two more months until we get towards the holidays or to say, well, you know what? It's certainly going to be better by January or February. All the experts are saying you got to be ready to weather the storm until this time next year. It's going to be sometime after that before we return to normal. What I mean by that is that's when medically it's going to be okay to return to normal. But remember that triangle of hierarchy of needs? Psychologically, we're going to need even a little more time than that. Even though we're eager to be back to that time, before it's the case that the majority of your clients feel that their hierarchy of needs, their triangle is complete and they're ready to come back without hesitation, it's going to be a while. So you got to do what you can to weather the storm. Here's how we do that. Who remembers this great scene from the iconic movie Top Gun where they say, I feel the need, the need for speed. We've got to act now. We've got to move quickly to make the changes and make the adaptations in our business. And I know a lot of you have already made significant adaptations, but the reality is you've got to make more. You've got to continue to figure out ways to create the remarkable experiences for your clients that are going to keep the ones who have already come back, coming back for more, and who are going to get the ones who still haven't come back to take a chance on you, to take a flyer to increase their bubble and come do work with you or have you come to their home and do work on them. The sooner we start to make these changes, the better it's going to be. See, one thing that I think everyone in your industry could be considering, and I know a lot of you already do this, but there's a lot of you that still expect the clients to you come to you. This is another scene from an iconic movie you might remember from The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy clicked her heels together and said, there's no place like home. Here's the reality. The majority of people feel safe in their home. Some people feel safe leaving their home. Some people don't. What could you do to deliver your services in their home? I know a lot of you already do, but there's some of you that have never considered this. This is what I mean by adapting. How could you change the story? How could you change the narrative and meet them where they feel comfortable? You know, Paul was teasing me before we logged on. He said, Joey, I don't know if you get this very often, but every time I see your photo, I kind of think like you could have been one of the Beatles. 
Okay. And part of it is because of my hairstyle. Part of it's because of my personality. But here's the reality. I haven't had a haircut since March in a salon. I've paid my hairdresser to come to my house and cut my hair on the back patio. Why? Because I've got some immunocompromised family members and I feel safe getting my hair cut outside even when I haven't felt safe going to a salon. Now, the reality is the research is showing now that it's okay to go to the salon. But you know what I'm 100% sure it's okay to do? Get my hair cut in my backyard. Lashes are kind of the same way. How can you get those customers that are on the fringe who are loyal customers but who haven't come back? Get creative about where you deliver the service. Get creative about how you use the six tools. How can you get in person in a way that feels comfortable to them, maybe going to their house? How can you write the kind of email that shows empathy as opposed to solutions so that they read the email and know you care about them? How can you think about sending something in the mail, even a postcard that just says, hey, I was thinking about you? One of my clients in the chiropractic space, we just had them write notes to all of their chiropractic clients who hadn't been back to see them since April 1st. And they sent all these handwritten letters saying, here's everything we've done in the, in the space. We're ready to have you back. We haven't had a single issue. We've got no one that's you know, gotten COVID from coming and having adjustments here in our space. And within a week, they've seen the phone start ringing again. They've seen an uptick because those people felt personally reached out to you, not from an email, not from a phone call, not from a, hey, give us your business, but from someone sitting down and writing out a handwritten note that says, we miss you. We imagine you might not be feeling as well as you were feeling when you were in our regular care, something that you all could say is too, and we'd love to see you back. What about the phone call, sending a text that just says, I'm thinking of you, or giving a call saying, hey, I just wanted to check in. What about sending a video, shooting a little selfie video and sending that message to them, letting them know that you're there for them, that you miss them and you hope to see them soon. And last but not least, a present, a gift, something small, but that shows your thoughtfulness that shows you're paying attention to them, that you miss them and you want to be back in communication. Friends, I want you to create a better journey for your clients. I want you to create more interaction for the people that you serve. And my hope is from our conversation today that you've got the wheel spinning. You've got some creative ideas for how you could do that. Now let's go ahead and take this off the stop, uh, stop the sharing and we'll have a little bit of a conversation where we can explore some specific questions that you all have. Paul, if anybody's got any questions, we can tell them they can jump them right into the webinar chat or if they want to drop them into the Q&A, either way. Haven't seen any come in thus far, but friends, we want to hear from you. Paul, maybe you have a question or two in the interim period while we're waiting for folks to chime in with their specific needs and their specific questions. Just put me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here... um eating my, my lunch. No, no, I, I was thinking that what I really love is a multi-prong approach to things. Cause I felt like with us, even when we, when things were good, I, I didn't like just engaging with people just with one thing. I always have said, you should have eight, six, eight, nine different ways you're interacting with your guests. And one yeah. of the things I know we started doing before it, we actually closed our salon last year, but before we did, we did, we took the idea that you said when someone booked a new appointment, we would actually shoot them that video. And um, welcome them, first-time client, never seen us before, and just seeing seeing the client's face or seeing our the person who's going to take care of them, their face, I thought was really, really a, a great little extra touch that made I actually think made less people less likely to cancel on you. 
Because I think, yeah. they, you know, they're already seeing you. Oh, wow, you've talked to them. You've met them in, virtually. So I, I think that for me was huge. And I think even with them, um, we only did with people who booked, but I mean, I don't have a question. I'm more just reemphasizing. I think the, the key, what you said, where you have all those different things, going through each one and maybe finding one thing that you can do in each of those like what's one way i connect with some people with email what's one way i can do a special text or may a video text uh, what's uh, i think that mail things great i mean to spend one night buy you know 50 postcards and write out you know while watching your favorite show on netflix write out just a little missing you can't wait to see you again i think that's a great idea and it's like it's, it's like a cacophony of, of stuff it just all comes together and, and you, you get two or three from here two or three from there and before you know it your books are full again where beforehand you weren't so i think that's all great advice and i love all that and i hope people think about it because i think the, the idea is that what i liked it also about was to say looking back is hopefully be inspired a little bit by this, by seeing people being thinking outside the box. I think a lot of times in our industry, we tend to just copy what everyone else is doing. And I, I just want to encourage everyone to be thinking, no, don't just copy anymore. The, the days of copying are done and you won't be exceptional if you're just copying everyone. Be looking for a way to take some of the ideas that Joey just talked about and jump off one of those. Like, okay, that guy, um, the, the, the company that sent that empathy email, maybe right now, maybe you should be writing that. You know, just take that idea. You know, I bet you no one in the last industry has done that. <laughs> so, absolutely. I, yeah, I so agree with you. And here's the interesting thing about this. You know, so people often ask me when they hear my presentations and, you know, Paul and I, this is how Paul and I originally connected. I was at an event uh, and I spoke in the salon industry. And what was funny is I gave a bunch of examples during that presentation and afterwards people came up and a couple said, why weren't any of your examples of hairstylist? <laughs> and I said, friends, cause you know, all those examples, you've heard all of those things. You've been working in the lash industry. You know, all the things other lash artists are doing. I don't want you to do what the lash artists are doing. I want you to do what the Peruvian restaurant in Toronto is doing. I want you to do what the candle lab in Ohio is doing. I want you to do what people who are completely outside of your industry, but have the same challenge. Mm -hmm. Both of those examples I gave are people who historically, the success of their business was based on in-person interactions where people would come to them. Yeah. That's not our world anymore. So what do we do to do something different? You know, Alyssa chimes in and Alyssa, let's go ahead and talk about your question. Thanks so much. And if the rest of you have questions, feel free to drop them in the chat. Alyssa, kudos to you for moving first. Alyssa says, I'm in California and still cannot work in my studio. Let me begin by saying, Alyssa, I'm so sorry that that's the reality for you. It's my understanding from conversations with Paul is that California is one of the last places in the country that still can't have folks in their studios. There may be some of the rest of you that are dealing with that on a localized basis or a regional basis as well. It's so difficult when your ability to run your business is shut down by your government and you can't control that. Trust me, as a guy who used to spend two and a half to three weeks out of every month on the road giving speeches all over the world, I get it when you take the audience away and you can't be in front of them. Alyssa goes on and says, we've started offering custom magnetic strip lashes. We've sent out an email to our clients and been posting on Instagram, but would like other ideas to market this service. 
Now, a couple questions I would have for Alyssa, and Alyssa, as I ask these, if you want to chime in in the chat and answer them, great. If not, this is to potentially broaden it to more people who are listening to the webinar. One of the first things I would ask is, are your clients currently on Instagram? Now, you may say, well, Joey, yeah, duh, that's why we're posting on Instagram about it. But here's the crazy thing. The number of people on social media in the first month afterwards actually increased. But since then, I don't know if you realize the amount of people using social media is going down right now. And the reason why it's going down is twofold. Number one, people are so overwhelmed with by what they see on social media that they're tuning out. You know, there's this amazing new documentary on Netflix, The Social Dilemma, that has got a lot of people saying, guess what? I'm taking a break. I'm out. Or you see people saying, hey, with all the politics, I'll see you back after November. Or people saying, with all the riots and all the protests I'm seeing, never mind, I'm deleting my account. There may be less people actually seeing your post than were before. And when you say, yes, some of them are on Instagram, but not all of them, with any marketing tactic, we're going to want to make sure that we're getting to all of them. And here's coming back to Paul's point, no single channel of communication with your customers is going to get to all of them. You're going to have to try different ways. And Alyssa chimes in and says, well, I personally reached out by text to clients that I thought would be interested. And Alyssa, that is fantastic. I love it. Here's the thing I would be curious about. How many of your clients have ever had magnetic strip lashes before? My gut instinct is a fairly small percentage. Given the nature of the technology, given the nature of the fact that you didn't previously offer it, but now you're offering it. I will tell you as someone who has never had magnetic lashes, that the thought of putting a magnet in my eye makes me nervous. Now you may say, Joey, that's not the way it works. But when I just see the name, that's what comes up immediately. And I imagine some of your clients may be in a similar situation. So I would wonder if there's an opportunity to educate your clients on how this works, to do Instagram lives or Instagram videos, or to shoot a little video and text the video to the client instead of just texting the message that says, hey, I've got these for offer and I thought you might like them. Instead saying, hey, Alyssa, you know, you're, or you're Alyssa texting it, you know, hey, Sally, by the way, we have these new magnetic lashes. A lot of people have never seen these in action. Let me show you how it works. I've got my sister here. I've got my mom here. I've got my daughter. I've got my brother. I've got whoever it is. Let me show you how it works and actually show you putting the magnetic lashes on someone else. And then you say, and just because we're going to be sending it to you potentially, and I don't know, forgive me. I don't know enough about magnetic strip lashes as I could, whether you're sending them to them or whether they're going to come and have, you're going to put them on them, right? They're going to come and visit you. But showing them how it works. You know, there's some fascinating research and you probably have all heard this phrase, no one wants to see how the sausage is made. You might've heard that phrase in your life, but the reality is that phrase is not true when it comes to consumers. Some incredible research out of Stanford University looked at people who go online to book airplane tickets, and they go to one of those airplane aggregator sites, right, like Kayak, where you type in the destination you want to go to and where you're going from, and it shows you the flights on the different airlines and the prices. What they did for this study is when you type that information in, an algorithm produces the answers, and it shows you all the flights and all the times and all the prices. They actually decided to slow it down. 
to actually have the answers build. And instead of having them initially appear, they took two to three seconds, five seconds to build the answers up, to make it seem like the computer was working to find you the best deal. (laughs) The crazy thing is sales went up double digits if the person felt that the computer was working hard to find the answers. Now, here's the crazy thing about the algorithm. The algorithm knew the answer like that. The computer was pretending that it was taking a while and sales went up. The reason why is the average human doesn't believe in 2020 that the solution is quick and easy. They believe it's hard. And if you're coming and offering something new like magnetic strip lashes, they're going to believe that it must be hard. It must be complicated. It must be unsafe. It must be crazy. It must be something only XYZ type of person does, and they don't see themselves as XYZ type of person. This is where a video helps. This is where a personal note that says, hey, by the way, and you have their address. Now, see, some of you are going, well, wait a second, Joey. Here's the problem. I don't even have their mailing address. I can't send them a postcard because I don't have the mailing address. Well, if you have their phone, you can text them and say, hey, I've got something I'd love to send you. Can I get your mailing address so I can send you something? Most people are going to say, yeah, sure. No problem. They send you their mailing address. Then you send a postcard. You get a custom postcard with the front printed with a magnetic lash showing the different parts of a magnetic strip lash. And on the back, you say, hey, by the way, I wanted to show you about these really cool things we have. You might not have seen these before. If you go to this URL, you can see it. Or if you text me at this number, I'll text you a video of how it works. See, what we're doing is we're extending the sales conversation. It used to be somebody came in to get their lashes worked on. You could say, hey, by the way, I've got this new product, these magnetic strip lashes. You want to try them? And they were right there. They were in person. Now you got to extend the conversation. You've got to educate them. You've got to build up the stronger connection before you can turn around and present them with the new product or the new offering. So there's lots of possibilities. You are only limited by your own creativity, your own ideas that you're willing to bring to the table that are going to expand the points of connection that you have with your customers. Hopefully that answered your question, Alyssa. Anybody else, if you've got some questions, go ahead and jump them in. Uh, Happy to answer them as we wrap up. I know we're coming up on time here a little bit, Paul. Happy to answer additional questions. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to just add two things to that. One of the things I suggest possibly is changing the word magnetic because what you said, the first word for you was, you know, a little off-putting. And the word doesn't sound like beauty. Magnetic isn't like a beauty word. So maybe just changing your message a little bit might change it. Also, I thought of this because since I know in California, we have a little bit more time on our hands. You can even offer to deliver these personally. Most of your clients live within, you know, a few miles, five miles of your work. So for you to say something like, hey, I would love to even deliver these personally myself. It's just a way to have that personal contact, that connection that we all are longing for right now, where so many people don't have that. And it has someone stop by and drop off a gift in a sense. I think that might entice some people who are feeling a little lonely, a little cut off in the world. Say, hey, I would love to buy that. And you can, if you're going to drop them off, at least I can say hi to my favorite stylist. That'd be really cool. So just another idea for us Californians who are locked down. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. I love that. Here's the thing. You've probably all seen on Facebook the drive-by birthday parties that are happening where somebody stands outside and the friends drive by waving and saying happy birthday. Why is that a thing? 
It's a thing because we're dying for connection. We were wanting more connection in our lives pre-pandemic. The pandemic that forced everybody into their homes, that made people feel more isolated than they'd felt before, that made people feel more lonely than they had before, that reduced the number of human interactions they were having from what they were before, has only exacerbated this situation that we desperately want the interaction with other people. I'll tell you a quick story. My boys, I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, we have been on lockdown. We locked down the second week of March, right? March 10th, we locked down. And in about August, we ended up deciding to take a vacation to Iowa where I grew up and we drove the whole family to Iowa. But it was really the first time that my boys had been out in the world. And as we took them out into the world, they were stunned. My boys were saying, look at those people over there. Look at those people over there. They were excited to see other humans. Paul, I love your idea. Make the personal delivery. It gets the chance. And say to people, look, I'm going to wear a mask. I will stay back. Go above and beyond what you would normally do to articulate how you're going to understand where they're at. If they write back and they say, oh, you don't need to wear the mask, I'd be happy to see you anyway, and you're comfortable doing that, well, then you're an adult, make your own choice, right? But if you lead by saying, hey, here are the things I'm going to do to make sure I'm taking care of you, but I'd love to just even see you from the driveway and wave oh man, that's going to go a long way because you might be the only person they've seen in weeks other than the Instacart delivery person, okay? Who, by the way, they don't know and who drops the stuff in bolts. Exactly. That's great. And um, there's, I doesn't look like we have any other questions, but I, I just want to encourage everyone, something that we do, we were running our salon. We, we like the, what we call steal from other businesses. And that means we would just look at every restaurant we went to, every hotel. I even stole from Jiffy Lube some stuff. I mean, the way they did their interactions. And, sure. and I just feel like right now, if you're looking for inspiration and you're coming up wanting because you just keep thinking, well, I do lashes and I greet them at the door and they come in or whatever it is, you're just kind of going through their stuck. Take yourself out of the familiar and go to the, maybe another place that you're familiar with and just observe or rethink it kind of walk through your mind go hey what was it like going to that restaurant like my favorite restaurant what was it like going to that hotel what was it like going to that place where i felt special that store you went in and the clerk was there and the way they interacted with you and start thinking about what was the unique thing that they added that you can steal and take that into your business and i think that's where you're gonna find a lot of inspiration if you're if you're finding it like too familiar in your own home like you're just everything looks the same and you can't find anything new or original to go with so that's a little another encouragement based after listening to what you said joey so that's great. I love it. Paul, if I may, one more idea to piggyback off of that, which folks yeah. can implement and then we can sign off for the night. So here's the interesting thing. And I can't see all of you who are watching. So just answer the question anyway. And I'm going to imagine what your answers would be. Paul, if you'd play along since they can see you, we'll do this. So here's my question. Raise your hand if in the last year you have received a handwritten thank you note. Raise your hand so that we can see it on the camera. Okay. No. Paul hasn't received one. No. I have. Some of you are raising your hands. Most of you aren't. For those of you that are raising your hand, I would turn around and I'd say, now keep your hand raised if you still have it. Now, here's what's fascinating. The majority of people still have it. Let me ask this question, Paul. Somewhere in your house, do you have a thank you note that someone's written to you in the past? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a stack of all the, I keep them. (laughs) Oh, you proved the point. Now here's the fascinating thing. Paul has not received a personal thank you note in the last year, yet he has a stack of ones that are more than a year old. Why do we keep them? 
You know who sent you the note. You know what it said. You don't need to keep it for anything other than the human desire for proof that we matter. The human desire for proof that something we did rose to the level of another human being taking the time to take pen and paper to hand write out a letter and put it in the post to mail it to us saying how much they meant to us. Here's a pro tip for all of you watching. You want to get your clients back? I'll make it real simple. Invest $1 per client. The dollar includes the cost of the stamp and the thank you card, maybe $2 at max, depending on where you are. Send a handwritten thank you note. And it's real simple. Here's your script. Dear Paul, I miss you. I missed the chance to see you. I missed the chance to talk to you. I missed the chance to work on your lashes. I hope I get the chance to see you again soon. But even if I don't, I wanted you to know I was thinking of you. Sincerely, Joey. That's it. That's simple. I'm coming to get my lashes, Joey. Friends, <laughs> you, they will miss you too. They will feel appreciated. They will feel important. And I guarantee some of them will reach out and start doing business with you again. And even if they don't do it immediately, as soon as they feel comfortable venturing back out in the world, you know what the first appointment they're going to schedule is? The appointment with you. Friends, write the thank you notes. They work. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joey. That's awesome. Just a reminder, guys, this is the book, Never Lose a Customer Again. It's a really great book. He has a new one coming out next year. So we, I'll tell you about that, I'm sure, other time. But we're excited to have you, Joey. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this show. Thank you for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and The Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And remember to sign up this week for Lash Cons. You don't want to miss out for the VIP or standard ticket because you get the swag and all the fun stuff. So do that today. On behalf of my Lash Bestie, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Joey, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.